Tonight, the She-Hulk show gets a pickle rick of a writer. Titans goes to, for another season. And the Batman movie hires some villains. All that and more on this comic edition of Multiverse Tonight. Comic books. Sci-fi. Fantasy. And more. If you're looking for a roundup of geeky news, you're in the right place. This is Multiverse Tonight. And here's your host, Thomas Townley. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the comics edition of Multiverse Tonight, episode 51. Um, I'm still playing uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 on the Switch. It's still good, although, you know, frankly, I'm kind of slowing down. And do you believe that's almost the end of November? Yeah, just a short hop, skip, and a jump to the end of the year. Well, at least we have some new Rick and Morty to watch. Um... I hope that uh, you enjoyed the uh, special uh, episode of the sci-fi podcast last week with uh, Tom Costantino. I had a really good time. Had a really good time interviewing him, and uh, I hope to have more interviews like that in the future. Anyway, uh, let's get on with the Marvel news. Disney Plus's She-Hulk has found a new writer in Rick and Morty writer Jessica Gao. Jessica won an Emmy for writing the Pickle Rick episode of the show, and uh, this will be her first development for the show since it was announced at D23. This comes after the news that Jeremy Slater, who developed the Umbrella Academy for Netflix, will be overseeing the Moon Knight series. Could the hiring of Jessica Gao show that She-Hulk will have a humorous bent? You know, we can only hope. I, you know, if you've read the uh, the the comic book series, especially you know when Peter David's writing it, you know it's very funny. Anyway, uh, Marvel head Kevin Feige, in an interview with Bloomberg News, told the outlet that the Disney Plus Loki series will directly tie into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Now, this is not the only Disney Plus series to tie into the movie, as WandaVision will as well. The six-episode Loki series won't be out until 2021. Marvel Studios might be doing very well today, but the recession almost killed it. Now, let's go back and look a, look a, bit, a little bit of history. Call this your history lesson for today. And in order for Marvel Studios to get off the ground back in twenty back in two thousand five, Marvel needed a huge loan. They got that loan, uh, five hundred twenty five million, from Merrill Lynch, and it was very good timing indeed. Just four years later, in two thousand eight, the Great Recession happened, and that money would have just all dried up. Talking with the Hollywood reporters Scott Feinberg, Kevin Feige confirmed the fact that Merrill Lynch wouldn't have been able to provide that funding, saying, quote, That's a good question. I hadn't thought about that. 
If we wouldn't have gotten the loan afterwards, you're probably right. Unquote. Why? Simple. Merrill Lynch became a casualty of the recession after losing $51.8 billion in the subprime mortgage catastrophe. The company ended up being sold off to Bank of America. You know, kind of, which is kind of funny because now uh, Merrill Lynch could have gotten that money back in spades. After all, Marvel makes billions of dollars in with just one movie. Kind of makes you think, doesn't it? Anyway, Zachary Levi was almost Star-Lord. James Gunn, the maker of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, has confirmed the fact during a Q&A on Instagram stories. According to Mr. Gunn's answer to the question about Zachary Levi being considered, James Gunn wrote, quote, Yes, and he was amazing. So when Peter Safran, the producer of Shazam, came to me asking about who would be good as the character, I strongly suggested Zach. I've been told by Peter and the DC folks that's why that's that's what got the ball rolling. But I think it was hashtag Zachary Levi's immense talent that did that, unquote. Levi responded to the post on his Instagram, saying, quote, And brother, it means the absolute world. Thanks for seeing that in me and sharing that conviction with, with others. It helped literally change my life. I hope we get to work together at some point soon, unquote. So in their universe, Zachary Levi was Star-Lord. Anyone up for some universe hopping? Speaking of hopping... The Tokyo burglar, nicknamed the Amazing Spider-Man, may have been caught. According to the site FNN.jp, a Mr. Hiroki Hirogachi was arrested on November 1st for allegedly breaking into a rooftop office in a Tokyo neighborhood of Shinjuku. The 26-year-old man allegedly, bro allegedly broke into a window got in and got out with 66,000 yen, which is approximately $655 in American. Because of the te techniques and methods used, they thought that he was the serial burglar, dubbed the Amazing Spider-Man. The burglar has a thing for scaling buildings to get access to his targets. The reason he is called Amazing is this. All the robberies take place in at night that rain, rainstorm, or typhoon has just taken place. Ami is Japanese for rain. The Amazing Spider-Man is suspected of at least a dozen burglaries. Now, let's go on to some DC news. The CW has officially given the fifth season of Legends of Tomorrow its premiere date. According to a report from Deadline, the show will return on Tuesday, January 21st, right after Arrow. This will be a special edition of the show. There will be a special edition of the show on the 14th that will tie into the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. We also got word that the last last episode of Arrow, the series finale, will be a 2-hour affair on January 28th. The first hour will be a finale preview with the last with the final episode following that so basically you're going to spend an hour reminiscing and then they're going to jump into the final episode and, you know it's the thing you do for a long-running show especially one that started an entire universe 
while we're on the CW verse, the Flash star, Jet, the Flash, the Flash's Danielle Panabaker announced that she and husband Hayes Robbins are expecting their first child. Danielle announced it via Instagram with a photo of herself eating breakfast with the caption, eating for two, with a winking face emoji. According to a report from People magazine, the couple will welcome their child in the spring of 2020. Danielle and Hayes got married back in 2017. Congratulations. Author Neil Gaiman, speaking with Radio Times, gave an update on the Sandman series that's being made for Netflix. He told the program, quote, There are three of us, showrunner Alan Heinberg, David S. Goyer, and me, and we just finished writing the first episode and plotting and breaking down the first two seasons, so we'll see what happens next, unquote. No second season has been officially greenlit, and no word has come forth on casting, production, or release dates. DC Universe and Warner Brothers Television have officially announced that Titans will be coming back for a third season. The series debuted on the streaming service back in 2018 and is currently in mid the midst of its second season. This second season has seen the team of young heroes face off against Deathstroke. Now, this third season will now arrive until the fall of 2020. California is still suffering from fires. Now, if you'll remember my interview with the Orville producer, Tom Costantino, that interview had been delayed from being recorded a week prior due to the fire that caused his family to be under a voluntary evacuation order. Now, Deadline reports that the Warner Brothers lot had to be evacuated as a precautionary measure after a small brush fire broke out in the Hollywood Hills near the studio. The Barham Fire started near 3694 North Barham Boulevard, which is just about a half a mile from the Warner studio lot, around 1.52 in the afternoon of Saturday, November 2nd. Luckily, by 5.10 that day, the Los Angeles Fire Department reported that the Ford Progression had been stopped. By that point, the fire burned 34 acres in the hills between Burbank and Universal City. Now, speaking of Warner Brothers, the studio has announced that it's updating its logo. The logo is will now be an elongated blue shield with the letters WB on it. Now, this harkens back to how the logo looked circa the 1930s. The new logo will begin appearing on the company's production starting in early 2020. Now, if you'd like to look at all the different variations of the WB logo, I'll have a link to a site that has a detailed history of all the different permutations of that iconic logo. It's it's really kind of fascinating to see how much the lo- how much the studio's logo has changed in a hundred years. We got some Batman casting news. First off, the Batman director Matt Reeves confirmed on Twitter that Andy Serkis will be playing the role of Alfred Pennyworth. Wonder if he'll be in green suit for that. Probably not. He joins Robert Pattinson as the Batman, Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, Colin Farrell as Oswald Cobblepot, a.k.a. the Penguin. Newcomer Jamie Lawson will be playing a new character named Bella, who is a grassroots political candidate running for office. Or is that just a ruse and she's playing Barbara Gordon, a.k.a. Batgirl? 
And Paul Dano from There Will Be Blood has been cast as Edward Nashton, a.k.a. The Riddler. Now, unquote. Now, uh, that uh, brings us to the end of that casting news. That's a lot of casting. You know, I, 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 I really kind of looking forward to this movie. I just hope that they haven't, you know, crammed a lot of characters into it to make this thing unwieldy. So, uh, here's hoping. It looks like it's truly the end of the line for Batman's father figure slash butler, Alfred Pennyworth. DC has confirmed that he has indeed killed, he was indeed killed by Bane. His death will be explored in Batman Pennyworth R.I.P., a new one-shot by James Tinian IV and Peter J. Tomasi, with art by Eddie Burrows and Eber Ferreira. Here's the description, quote, Alfred Pennyworth served the Wayne family for decades, even through the terrible loss of the Dark Knight's parents. His shocking death at the hands of Bane is the only event that could possibly compare to that fateful night in Crime Alley, and it leaves Batman at a similar crossroads. If Alfred was the glue that held the Bat family together, how will Batman deal with all with it all falling apart? And if the Cape Crusader is to be truly alone, he might either hang that cape up once and for all, or double down and carry on with this vengeful quest forever. Unquote. Batman Pennyworth's R.I.P. celebrates the life of one of the most important people in the history of Gotham City, while there's some questions about what's next. The issue comes out on February 12th, 2020, two days before my birthday. Anyway, let's get on with some geek news. So, you're watching Disney Plus, and you bring up The Simpsons, and but you're dismayed that they're not being presented in their original aspect ratio of 4 by 3 but in that zoomed-in 16 by 9 ratio. Well, your cries of anguish have been heard. Disney, in a statement, said, quote, We presented The Simpsons in 16 by 9 aspect ratio at launch in order to guarantee visual quality and consistency across all 30 seasons. Over time, Disney Plus will roll out new features and additional viewing options. As part of this, in early 2020, Disney Plus will make the first 19 seasons and some episodes from season 20 of The Simpsons available in their original 4x3 aspect ratio, giving subscribers a choice on how they prefer to view the popular series. Unquote. Now, the reason why uh, there's only a few episodes of season 20 that they need to put into that original aspect ratio was that the show, during season 20, went from the 4x3 to 169 aspect ratio of today. That was when the the they they started producing the show in HD. Now uh, let's uh, take a moment while I take a drink, and here's and here's some uh, Stitcher news. Hey everyone, we'll get right back to the news, but first I'd like to tell you about our new affiliate, Stitcher Premium. With Stitcher Premium, you get all your favorite podcasts, but you get them all with no ads. That's right, no audio ads, no banner ads, not even ads on the archives of some of your favorite shows. You also get access to Stitch Originals like Marvel's Wolverine, The Long Night, Issa Rae's Fruit, and Colt Cabana's Pro Wrestling Fringe. 
You also get access to bonus episodes, access to new releases first, and access to the hundreds of comedy albums at your fingertips, and so much more. To get started, just go to stitcher.com slash premium and enter promo code multiverse for a free month. After that, pay just $4.99 a month, and you can save even more by going yearly for just $34.99. That's nearly a $25 savings over the monthly rate. So go to stitcher.com slash premium and enter promo code multiverse today. Okay, well, it's not news, it's it's an ad. Uh, Anyway, uh, it's a good deal. You know, and it again, if you try, if you try it out, and if you if you like it so much that you stay, uh, Stitcher will will kick back a little to me for uh, for uh, you know bringing you in. So you know, so it's not so you know a, a way for me to get a few dollars. And considering the convention season is coming up here uh, in the not too distant future, just like four months away. It'd be nice to have a, a few extra bucks, so consider it. Anyway, we talked a few minutes ago about how Warner Brothers was looking to the past to update their logo. Now Deadline reports that Warner's is bringing back Rin Tin Tin, the German shepherd that was credited with saving the studios back in the 1920s. Matt Lieberman, who wrote the upcoming animated movie Scoob and the Ad- animated Adams Family movie, will be writing the new show. The movie will be made with Andrew Lazar's Mad Chance Productions, along with rights holders Sasha Jensen and Jeff Miller. Apparently the plan is to make the dog the John Wick of dogs, a hero elite military dog on a, convert, on a covert mission to stop a large-scale attack. Okay, so if John Wick saw his dog killed, and that's what inspired him to get rolling, does Rintintin's human get killed, and that starts him going along? Kind of an interesting uh, thought experiment. Hocus Pocus 2 is probably something we don't need. However, since it's going to get made, let's uh, check on where the progress is right now. The Hollywood Reporter asked Sarah Jessica Parker about it. Asking if she knows anything, she said, quote, No, I don't know. There has never been a conversation either in our lives. Someone just asked me on Instagram, and I said, we all said we'd love to someday, but that's the extent of the conversation. I've been asked so much recently about this, it's a seasonal question. It's appropriate. Unquote. The actor then added an addendum to the answer in the article, quote, when asked, any chance of a sequel last week on Instagram, Parker responded, we all said yes, now we wait. Unquote. So there you have it, folks. It is or is not happening. Yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Sin Miller. <laughs> That's funny. Sin City is coming to TV thanks to Legendary TV. The producer has struck a deal with author Frank Miller to adapt a series of comics into a TV series. The studio is currently looking for a distribution deal, and they're close to a deal with Robert Rodriguez, who directed the feature film version. The deal with Frank Miller also calls for an animated prequel as well. Frank Miller has regained those uh, film and TV rights to Sin City 
just last year. The People's Choice Awards have come and gone, and Avengers Endgame won Movie of 2019 and Action Movie of 2019. Now, Robert Downey Jr. walked away with uh, the Male Movie Star of 2019, and Zadea won Female Movie Star of 2019 for Spider-Man Far From Home. Tom Holland won Action Movie Star of 2019. The live-action Aladdin won Family Movie of the Year. Beyonce won Animated Movie Star of 2019 for the live-action, or semi-live-action, Lion King. Stranger Things won Show of 2019 and Drama Show of 2019. And Millie Bobby Brown took home the award for Female TV Star of 2019. The show Outlander won Binge-Worthy Show. And the sci-fi series Shadowhunters won Sci-Fi Fantasy Show. Now, let's take a quick look at uh, the box office for this past week. Now, uh, we'll start at number 10 with uh, Harriet. Uh, the movie came down from number 8 to number 10. Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, uh, still hanging there in the top 10 at number 9. Came down from 7 to number 9. The movie Joker, which we'll talk about more here in a minute, uh, fell from number 6 to number 8. The Good Liar debuts at number 7. Doctor Sleep fell from number 2 to number 6, losing 57.4% of its week-over-week uh, -week box office. Last Christmas uh, went from 4 to 5. The movie Playing With Fire went from number 3 to number 4. The Charlie's Angels reboot did a disappointing 8.3 million dollars domestically uh, in its first week, debuting at number three. The movie Midway fell from number one to number two, and Ford versus Ferrari uh, debuted in the number one slot with 31.4 million dollars. Now, uh, the reason why I wanted to uh, go a little bit more on on Joker here. Uh, let's take a quick look at the international box office for the uh, for the year. Now, uh, number ten is *The Wandering Earth*. Number nine is *Nizaha*. Number eight is *Fast and Furious* presents *Hobbs and Shaw*. Now, here's the reason why *Joker*. *Joker* is number seven on the worldwide box office for the for the year so far. It just brought in one billion dollars worldwide uh, and only 322 of, uh, million of that is United States domestic uh, is now like the biggest one you know the biggest the fastest I should say they get to a billion in the comic book movies uh, we'll go up number we'll up the rest of this Aladdin came in number six Toy Story is uh, sitting at number five uh, Captain Marvel is still above above that, number four. Spider-Man Far From Home is number three. It, it made a, a, one, a $1,131,845,802. Uh, the Lion King uh, came at number one at number two with $1.6 billion. But Avengers Endgame is still the overall winner. There is no way basically anything can top Avengers Endgame. Uh, it uh, so far 
with one month ago until the end of end of the year as a two point two billion seven hundred ninety seven million eight hundred thousand five hundred sixty four dollars worldwide. Now it's almost at a billion in the United States alone. That's $858,373,000 just in the United States alone. I don't think there's any theaters in the United States that are probably still showing it. So unless unless, uh, Disney gets greedy and decides to put that movie out in theaters again for just one last run before the end of the year, I think that's probably where it's going to stick. Anyway... That brings us to the end of the comic book news. Uh, Now, be sure to go and check us out on our social media channels. We're on Twitter, at Multiverse Tom. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as well. And uh, if you'd like to contribute some money, please visit mtpodcast.com to go to our uh, coffee or Patreon links as well. And be sure to visit multiversetonight.com to uh, check out our affiliate marketplace links, our show notes, and so much more. And uh, go to Tee Public and uh, search us out there if you'd like a t-shirt or uh, some other uh, commemor- you know, commemorative thing for the podcast. I have more than just just our logo there. I have some other other cute little logos as well. Anyway, uh, if you're a subscriber... Be sure to share us with your friends, and if you're brand new to the show, please be sure to subscribe and leave us with some feedback and just let us know how we're doing. Special thanks to Shane Ivers for our intro music and Lobo Loco for outro theme music. Now, thank you for watching the comic book edition of Multiverse Tonight. We'll be back in two days with the comic book edition. Now, please exit the universe in an orderly fashion. Good night. Multiverse Tonight is a production of Half-Baked Genre Productions. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.